Dark Side of the Ring returns. It just got crazier and crazier. It hooked you into it. With even more hidden truths. She's schizophrenic. That's some serious shit. Chris Kane is hide behind the mask. And little did I know that he was hiding behind the mask the whole time. And untold secrets. XPW was known for being crazy. That was just a license to kill for me. Brought to light. We're going to have an exploding ring match tonight. This was insane. When Hogan came in the courtroom, <sighs> I am going to crush you like a bug. There was plenty of drugs on his flight. Is somebody going to say that this has gone too far? If I never talked about the fucking plane ride from hell again in my life, I would be very happy. Dark Side of the Rain. So yeah, I was telling you, um, I finally got caught up on Dark Side. Yeah, season one fast. I mean, even though this the second half seemed like it went fast, but you also kind of thought like in this second half is when they kind of jumped the shark. Well, I think they, they jumped the shark or, or kind of had a heel turn because... Um, Second half of the season here, they got a lot of folks in trouble. Yeah. Well, well actually, just no, just the whole third season, right? Yeah. I, I do. I, I read recently that uh, Jim Ross was not happy with the plane ride from hell episode. He feels like that uh, they kind of changed his. Uh, he thought it was some creative editing that got people in, and obviously the Ric Flair stuff got in trouble, but he feels like. That's not what he signed up for. Yeah, I think he was we, not happy about that. Yeah, I, like I said, uh, you mentioned this earlier um, or the other day. Maybe this might we might begin to the end of the line here with Dark Side because folks not, might not want to talk to them anymore. You're you're right. I mean, people are going to be really nervous about yeah. talking to him about anything that's considered an incident. Yeah, like you might be able to get some stuff with like the Luna Bashan. You know, I I thought that was a really good episode. You know, because it's just like you were just basically that was like the history of Luna. And, you know, and they got into her, her her dark stuff. But that was like stuff that everybody knew about. Yeah, that, that was that one. And the um, one about canine were more just kind of biographies. Right. You know, they were pretty much just straight up biographies. Yeah, they had some. Well, you know, canine had some big dark secrets. But yeah, but uh, there was no. um there was no angle where it was like those sinister angles, you know? Yeah. No, you know, no, 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 I just murders. don't. No, no. I, yeah. Cause he, you know, the whole thing, when you heard about, you know, the whole bruiser bedlam, Johnny Canon bombing a police station, they kind of got into that. And it was just like, he made it sound like it was an accident, right? That he was like, Oh no, we meant to bomb the strip club. Uh, <laughs> he just, what, he, it's, it's, the way he's described uh, by everyone, I mean, no one knew that he did these things, but he just seemed like he would be such a good friend that if you said, I'm going to go blow up the police station, he'd say, okay, bro, I'm with you. You know yeah. what I mean? It'd be that kind <laughs> of a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yes, no, 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 Jimmy, I got this. Don't worry about this. No, no, I got this, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're in a gang now? We get tattoos? Awesome. Yeah, you know, no, like, we'll, we'll be cool. We could be cool. Yeah. You know, but, and it looked like his wife, like, wrote a book on it, but it's just like the gang... Uh, well, I'm sorry, the club, the biker gang, banker, uh, Satan's choice, you know, it was just like, I guess they did get into like, you know, assault and trafficking cocaine besides the uh, the bombing of the station. But it was in Canada. Yeah. A lot, a lot of crap. You know, this is the last, this is the second uh, kind of mob type stuff, you know, because you had the Dino Bravo with the cigarettes there. Mm-hmm. As a, But 
did you remember seeing him? Like, did, although you didn't watch any of the uh, like eighty, like eighty four through eighty six uh, WWE superstars. Not really. I don't remember really remember Bruiser Bedlam. Well, he yeah he wrestled as Johnny Canine. I don't remember John. Yeah, and he used to drop to his knees and kind of like do the cross with his with his arms. You know mm-hmm. that was his uh that was his big thing. And he was just like one of the perennial you know. Extras, enhancement talent, you know, I don't like to say, say the J word, you know, just like sometimes, even though, you know, there's a lot of people's like, that's not a bad word to say that you're the job guy, you know, you're the journeyman, your job is to make somebody look really good. That's a, a job. Yeah. You know, it's not a real athletic contest, you know, so, but he was one of the guys that it was, it was very colorful and you knew he was never going to get the win, you know, the, the Barry Horowitz, you know, the Steve Lombardi's, you WWE know, WWE could use some job guys right about yeah. now. They got no one. No, yeah, because now he's just like you have to give away so many money matches. So everybody knew, you know, Johnny K nine, but yeah. you knew Johnny K nine wasn't going to win. So like you know, later on getting that push, it was cool to see the whole you know Jim Cornette and talking, you know, getting back into the Smoky Mountain because Smoky Mountain on the sneak was you know it was hot, it was a hot wrestling and yeah. their gimmick was you know around the same time of ECW, but they were going back to what. Cornette is always trying to get wrestling to go back to. He was doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and he put his money where his mouth was. And he actually got he got some funding for that, too, from, like, a music label. Really? So he was paying guys, yeah. you know. So, and you know, if, if there was no Kane or Chris Jericho, maybe, if it wasn't for Smoky Mountain just as much as ECW. So, you know, that he brought in Bruiser Bedlam. You know, to do that, that was that was cool. You know, just to kind of, but I, I feel like the ratings were down on this just because this guy he wasn't very well known, right? You know, so compared to like the Luna Vachon episode, I feel like if you were watching wrestling around that new generation time, right after you know the rock and wrestling era, you knew Luna because she was the first a uh, female talent that was in a video game. You know, mm-hmm. and he used to play that Monday Night Raw. That was like it was a raw game, mm-hmm. you know, and I used to play as Luna sometimes. Yeah. So she got over big, but hers was interesting too. Another Canadian that is just like, she was so talented, but there just was no room for female wrestlers at that time. Yeah. You know, but that had a little bit of a, besides the, you know, she had a lot of uh, mental health issues she was battling. Wasn't there another dark angle for that? That's something to do with, and, and at the end, you know, because uh, did you know of Mad Dog Vashon or Butcher Vashon before this show? No. Yeah, they were big, you know, early 80s, late 70s WWE guys too, and mm-hmm. like you knew of them. But I feel like they were, like at the end of the episode, it was very like, there was like a sinister answer from one of the Vashons. What was that? I can't think of it now. But... There was he was very holding he was holding his cafe and it was just like oh I'm not gonna say anything about that because it was strange like I didn't know that she wasn't a blood Vashon that somehow there was like a shooting at a hotel where he was staying really he was there was a shooting at a hotel there was staying where they're staying and then there was like a a kid that was there and he like went to check on it and you know fast forward down the road and all of a sudden he like adopted her really <laughs> from like a crazy like shooting at a hotel. I was like, I had no idea. I just assumed that she was like a, a blood Vashon. But yeah, it was crazy. I, 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 yeah, I got to find that. But yeah, they talk, they get all into that in that episode. That was a really good episode. 
you know, but uh, they had Gangrel on there, you know, the vampire warrior is from, and they talked all about it. But she was no, you know, she was great because she, she, she came out around the same time with Sherry, who was also one of the wrestlers that is just like, I'm going to be a valet, but I can probably outwork half the people in here, mm-hmm. you know. And she did some stuff with Bam Bam, and she did stuff with uh, Goldust when he was. The man, the artist formerly known as Goldust, and he started doing some a little bit more androgynous stuff. Mm-hmm. But and then did you know the whole thing with Medusa, who later on became infamous for taking the WWE title and dropping it in the garbage pail on Monday Nitro, which probably inadvertently left led to the Montreal screw job. It's just funny to see how all these things are connected where Medusa, when she was wrestling as Alundra Blaze, decided that I'm going to try to, I think you should have the belt and they're never going to do it. So how about I just lay down for you? And she wouldn't do it. And she's like, no, I'm going to lay down for you. Just take the pin. And what are they going to do? Fire me? Yeah. And they, she was willing to do it. And Luna just was like, no, no, no. I, I, we got to do business right. You know, to, but I was like, wow, she really, at the time, and then later on, it goes that she was probably had a little bit of anger towards the company because then she showed up on Nitro and threw the belt in the garbage. Yeah. So it was, I like when they dig in and, and find those little nuggets like that, and you can kind of see how everything kind of ties together. Yeah, she died, and she died in 2000. No, she, it was 2009 that she went into the Cauliflower Alley Cub. So what was the de- her what was the deal with her son? She seemed very disconnected from her son. Yeah, she was just on the road all the time. Yeah, she was just always on the road, and she never really got to know them. And she obviously got into a lot of uh, a lot of drugs and so drug oxycodone, and it just you know it just did her in. The wrestler's cocktail, man, did her did her in, man. I was yeah, I was trying to see if I can find that. Of like how how she was adopted, but it was good. I mean, again, I I enjoyed that one just because again it was, even though it was a dark, a dark side, it was a biography. But the one I didn't, I mean, I liked it. it I liked it because because it was part of the wrestling lore was the extreme pro wrestling stuff with Rob Black. Did you do you remember when that was going on? Uh, I don't really remember it. I, I did. I was really interested in that episode, though. Yeah, that was one of my favorites of the second half. Here, um, it made me think of something you said once, where uh, we were at the Chainsaw Massacre thing, and you were like, "There's a weird overlap of horror, wrestling, and porn." Yeah, that just sometimes <laughs> intersects perfectly. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it. I guess that's why I guess the the wrestler in me was always just like this guy. You know, Rob Zakari was his real name, but Rob Black. He was just like he was never actually a wrestling promoter. Yeah, you know, he was never in the business. He had no legacy in the business. Like you realize, you know, Paul Heyman was in the business. He was brought up in the business. He was in it since he was like a teenager. Where Rob Black was like this, you know, a porn director who just kind of like i got some money i can run an extreme show too you know and so i always just like i would have been team ecw on the xpw stuff sure but like because yeah i didn't even hear but then again it was just like he he gave you know a lot of people some work but i mean obviously this company was known for two incidents you know one incident was the whole there was going to be a legit fight when they showed up 
in on an ECW show when ECW went to the West Coast and they showed up in the front row. Mm-hmm. That it sounds like that was basically almost like old territory wrestling. Like, let's put our our strongest shooters in the in the front row and let's jump the guardrail and let's fight them, you know, and just like and let's let's take over. So that I remember when that happened and that was crazy. And then everyone remembers the uh, <laughs> Bob New Jack with the taser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> giving taking Vic Grimes or giving him his receipt from landing on his on his head and crushing his skull after falling off that basketball hoop. Yeah. Um the the thing that I found most shocking was uh Messiah getting his thumb snipped. Oh and yeah. They never caught the guys either. Yeah. And he's just like, just in case you don't think this isn't and he was showing him you know they never showed his hand. Like do you think they reattached his thumb? Uh, I don't know, but like he couldn't find his he thumb. Could, he said he didn't find his thumb, but um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't show what happened. But I just found it really disturbing. I thought there was going to be a twist where it's like, oh, and they sewed my thumb on back, and then it's kind of crooked. But no, just no thumb, and yeah. it looked CGI, honestly. Yeah, no, it was great. And he's like, I tried to open the door, but then I had no thumb. Yeah, I mean that was I. I had not heard that story until that episode, and I no. had no idea. I I had known I had known about Lizzie Borden as one of the wrestlers, but I had no idea that the, all this had to do with like an affair with her. Like I didn't watch any of their shows. At, at this time, I was just watching like all the the clips, and then yeah. you heard about it. But yeah, that was like no joke. This guy was like, was like screw it, I'm gonna go mob on you and like cut your thumb off. This one felt really dark side of the ringy. Yeah, like there's a few episodes that have been super dark, and this was this felt like one of those. This felt like the grimiest filthiest sleaziest one. Oh yeah because it's just like and and the legit fight you know from the from the from the heat wave incident where they were in there and then they threw some of the wrestlers out and they supposedly beat the crap out of like the x the ecw guys beat the crap out of the xpw guys like in the locker room like there there was nobody making money at that point yeah they weren't putting on a show they were just beating the crap out of each other but yeah that was uh that was dark but the stuff with New Jack still just like I had to keep rewatching that because you always hear in wrestling like if you stiff somebody you're gonna get a receipt. Yeah, this is the first time it's like you stiffed me by throwing me, you know, by not wanting to jump off a basketball hoop and landing on my skull. So your receipt is I'm gonna tase you and throw you off a freaking scaffold through these tables, and it's just like, oh, Jack, I can't feel my legs. It's like, oh, you're not gonna need them. Bombs away. Like yeah. he even did the funny voice. He did the bombs. Away. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, man. that was like a legit. You know, he could have killed him. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think New Jack was ever afraid of like, I might kill you. Like he when he would say in an interview, you know, they always say in wrestling, don't ever say I'm gonna kill you because you don't you won't be able to back up that promise. I think New Jack was one of the few wrestlers that probably could say it because he yeah. might kill. We've seen what he did in his episode with, uh, what was it, Tokyo Tokyo Joe or, you know, and then... Eskimo Joe. Yes, and Navajo then, Joe. Yeah, no, one, of those, I can't one of the Joes. And then Red the Hunter and just, like, the stabbing. So, like, throwing him off the balcony, off that thing. And that was, you can tell, that guy, when he went flying, his legs were numb because his feet weren't flailing. Yeah, whenever were, whenever you see a, like a, a shoot fall like that, it just looks ugly. Yeah, it, any 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 time, it's not a work. It looks awful. Yeah, so I don't know. I just didn't like this guy. Just le- legit seemed like a you know a porn director that was kind of tricked 
trying to take advantage of the extreme. Yeah, you know. but then it was all, it's kind of a downer. He wasn't even making cool porn. It's not like he was making uh, an Edward Scissorhands porn knockoff. No, it was like <laughs> grimy, really just brutal, awful snuff stuff. Basically. Yeah, he was making snuff, and that, I guess that's eventually what he got indicted for. He was making for, the right? Superman porn parody. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Super cock or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was it, it was, was, it, was it was It didn't seem fun at all. It just seemed like the... The worst of it. Yeah, and they and did they go to jail for that? Yeah, I think they did. They did go to jail. Yeah, they were indicted on obscenity charges due to pornographic material to dis- distribute. Uh, yeah, obscene. Uh, obscene wow. Obscene stuff. So yeah, this one did. It really just like okay, I'm I'm gonna go take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't know they at towards the end when ECW uh, started. You know, when pretty much folded, they started booking like known guys. Like Joey Ryan was on there. Vampiro was on there. They got Sabu. I mean, they started getting to the, when they got Terry Funk. I didn't know they got Funk. Mm-hmm. Terry Funk was a special referee for the White Trash Johnny Webb versus Raven. Oh, Johnny Webb and Raven versus Homeless Jimmy and Concussion. Okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they started getting. Oh, and Jack. Luke Hawk, Jack Evans, and Scorpio Sky. So, I mean, they started booking some guys. What year was that? This was. Uh, yeah, this looks like this one was like 08. Oh, wow. Yeah, so before they, I, I don't know, and I don't know if that was a revival. The final match of the meeting featured Necro Butcher facing Supreme. Oh, yeah, Supreme was the guy that was uh, the uncle in there that died, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he looked like he was an, a wrestler that was around for a while, but then he, like, loosened, like, he almost died, too. He's like, but it looked good, right? It's yeah. just like, oh, man. Yeah, that one felt, and we talked about this a little bit before, you know, these guys were doing some really bad stuff to the, each other for very little money. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it is about more about making money and at least, you know, you still want to entertain, but I mean, this, this is like another, another level of brutality that I think even went beyond ECW. Maybe it set, felt a little dirtier just because a lot of, they started off with a lot of not known guys. Yeah. You know, when it used to be a bad word that, you know, of backyard wrestlers, you know, weren't like trained guys, and these guys are just like beating the crap out of each other and losing blood. So I don't know. It it definitely did feel the dark sideiest of the dark side for that. Yeah. And so I don't know. What do you What do you think for for season four? You think I haven't read if it got renewed or not? I don't know. I just feel like the show might be hitting the end of its run. Maybe they got one more season in them. But I think the fact that so many folks are getting in trouble now and getting canceled thirty years later for things they talk that happen, that they talk about on the show, yeah, it's going to keep people away. You know, yeah, it's, you're definitely not going to be able to get a lot of the you'll you'll get the Jim Cornette because he's the historian and and they're not telling anything that's inaccurate. Yeah. But I mean, they are changing the the editing. But they got thirty episodes. That thirty episodes in. If I'm Vice, I go right to Jim Cornette and say, "Hey, um, you want a show? Yeah, you need a show? you want to do your podcast on the on the channel? I mean, or something? Oh wow, because, yeah. Uh, get the Cornette experience on there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be great. I mean, because I don't, I don't care. If people hate him, I am still just a fan of him because just like he's the Jim Cornette that you hear now is the same Jim Cornette that if you go back in time and watch a 1983 promo with the Midnight Express, he's saying the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. He's not working anybody. He's He doesn't pull any punches, you know, and, and he just has that personality that it's hard to 
put your thumb on. So yeah. I think they should give him his own show. Yeah, I mean, like re- retro wrestling is hotter than ever. So get him on there. Let him tell stories. He's got to have countless stories. Oh, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, do episodes on that, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Tommy Dreamer's coming back. Tommy Dreamer's still... not going to – Ric Flair's not going to have any none, – none, none of the flares. No. Jim Jim Ross, after like it just came out that he wasn't happy with the plane ride from yeah. hell, yeah. I doubt they might not be able to get him either. Yeah. So – but it's crazy. They were getting people that you would never thought they would have got. Like well, they were getting a Noki, and they got you know for the, uh, or for the uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Did we talk about that episode with the the whole with the Yakuza and the? the oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't we, know if we talked about it uh, on this episode. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. That was another one. They got so many people on there that you never would have thought, and that was another dark one because it's just like he left. And then he put a new promoter in there that might have actually got whacked by the Yakuza. Uh-huh. I mean, that's terrible. Oh, and the guy that, um, who was the guy that broke his neck doing that moonsault? Oh, yeah, Hayabusa. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that was all from that episode, too, that it's just like, that was called Blood and, Blood and Wire, you know, because that's where it inspired our very first episode was the exploding ring match, you know, that we talked about. That came from there, and they had that finish with Terry Funk, you know, and uh onita and him diving on him and it really got into like their backstory of just like how much the friendship that they get but onita was like a legit you know anoki guy and then when he got hurt you know he's just like well i i still need to somehow perform and then he came up with this crazy extreme like explosion <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't have a shark-infested waters match because yeah. they had the exploding if you fall fell in the water, like going to the ring in the boats and stuff. So that was cool. I, like I, if they're gonna stick around for a season four, I like to see more episodes of like that are more biography or, like you said, just like a more of a, a historical on like these like events, but not necessarily specific incidents. The Canyon Show was excellent. Yeah, the canyon I one was. There a was good a, one I mean, too. there's there's a few excellent ones this season. Yeah, um, but some of them, I just think that some doors are going to be shut now because they don't want to they don't want to risk it. Nobody was back there with a cell phone to film it, so it never happened. Well, yeah. remember how you felt after the uh, Grizzly Smith episode, and you were yeah. like, that one t- took you back a little bit, like yeah. you were a little taken back. But think about this: before that, they had the two parter of Brian Pillman, which helped get Brian Kil- Pillman Jr. over. Yeah, they had the Nick Gage episode, which helped him get over. The Korea stuff didn't really, and then they had the Warrior. It was interesting. Yeah, there was interesting, and then the Warrior stuff was competing. With the other warrior documentary, I feel like I, I was a little disappointed in that one. I think that needed to two needed to be two parts. Yeah, and it, yeah, who who would have thought that the one on A and E would have went a little bit darker? Yeah, than Dark Side of the Ring, but it did. And then we got into the Grizzly Smith, which was dark, and then the Dynamite Kid. So the, uh, this is when they stopped getting people over because of these episodes, except Canyon. I would have liked to seen Canyon get over and and Luna, you know, because I think they deserved it. But like. The Dynamite Kid wasn't about getting him over. It's just like somebody who went too far. He, yeah, he was a he just steroid went, abuser. Yeah, he went too far. The plane ride from hell got nobody over. Canyon, it should have got over. Onita, I guess it could have, but it just it was more like, yeah, this is what happened. And and then you had those last ones like you just weren't feeling like the Johnny K9. I think I guess it's good that it came across like you said he 
he felt like he would be a good loyal friend. So you did pick up on like his true personality. Like, you know, you have a friend somewhere that, you know, if you ever had to kill someone, yeah, this was the person you'd call. Yeah, no problem, Jimmy. What do you need? What do you want to do it? Yeah. (laughs) But I, you know, I wish Luna and uh, Canyon would have gotten the same treatment that like Brian Pillman, you know, engage. It kind of helped them elevate. And like Rob Black, he didn't even... He didn't even show up on the episode. Like, he's running, like, a sandwich shop now or something, right? And he yeah. didn't even want to talk about it. And then the story trials, that was just... That one was a great episode. And I don't think it was designed to not get anyone over. But that it didn't matter. That lawyer was going to get himself over McDivitt. And nobody was going to bring him down. Yeah. <laughs> no one was going to dull his, his, uh, dull he's def- his shine. He's definitely the breakout star of that one. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's still Vince's lawyer. Like, they got Vince's lawyer to be on Unbreakable the show. Unbreakable bond, yeah. bro. Yeah. And I wonder if it's just like, was he sent in like an inside? Like, let me see how these guys work. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, hey, we need to go back and talk about some of these other episodes that you did about yeah. Vince. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, he probably had some stuff ready to go. Yeah, I would have been questions. nervous to bring him on there because yeah. it's just like, okay, now it's my turn to ask some questions. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the way you portrayed Vince in the Jimmy Snook episode. Mm-hmm. But and <laughs> it goes back to Vince, back to Vince to report uh, who we met. It's like these are some dorks. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, yeah. I, th- I don't know how many there. I'm sure there's tons. You know what episodes that I think that if they want to, okay, here we go. We'll, we'll book Dark Side of the Ring if oh, we want to. If we want to turn them babyface again, you all know, right. they're they're a heel turn. You remember this goes all the way back to what was it? It was season two, the brawl for all. Remember, like, so they focused on an incident, and they kind of told it as it is, but. That's probably out of all the episodes. Didn't that one feel the lightest? <laughs> I know it's the dark side of the ring. Yeah, you know, but that one felt the lightest. Like maybe start focusing on some of the. How about the night that you know the power went out and during a pay per view, and Vince made them still perform. Yeah, you know something a little bit. But then again, it's just like it's dark. Not it's supposed to be dark side. So maybe well, that's I not think what they everybody thought the plane ride from hell was going to be lighter. Right, that that was going to be a wacky series of events, like police academy style. Uh, you know, misadventures. Instead, it was like sexual assault and yeah. like super drunk. You know, like <laughs> there's like a there's like a, a a line when like between drunk and then just like ugly drunk. Yeah. You know, fun drunk becomes ugly drunk and it's just. Yeah. And you know, when that drink happens, like, oh, that last drink, that yeah. was it. I crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, there was, there was just no fun there. And yeah, they've gotten darker and darker. So, uh, yeah, I would agree. They should, they should try and just bring some kind of like, uh, not lightness to it. Obviously, it's the dark side, but just something not so freaking uh, yeah. traumatizing. Yeah. That, that one. I one of the referees didn't the referee saying that there was a a worse plane ride than the plane ride from hell. Yeah. So I'd be curious on what that was. But if you think about it, was there besides that, you know, Brock Lesnar could have and Kurt Henning could have like crashed the plane. Yeah. Like the other stuff was supposed to be somewhat, but I guess it's not really necessarily funny that you know supposedly Kurt Angle was basically H mom and everybody. You know, yeah. on the plane, and that's disturbing. Like, you know, if that hap- if that happens in like Revenge of the Nerds or something, um, it's funny. But now, it's, you know, you look back at uh, you look back at things 
in some like '80s teen comedy movies, and they're they're a little bit disturbing now, you know. Yeah, how many crimes actually take place in Revenge of the Nerds? Several, several <laughs> crimes take place in Revenge of the Nerds, and um, several crimes take place in John Hughes movies. You know, yeah. It it so yeah, I think it's just one of those things where it's like you you. The folks who lived it maybe thought it was no big deal and it was funny at the time, but now it's like, what? Yeah. You gave someone a prescription pill in their cocktail? Oh, and- yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's terrifying, right? Yeah. It's just like, you know, you hear it happening to, you know, to women at bars, and that's like stuff that horror movies are made of. But, like, to think that it's happening to grown men, too, right? And yeah. just like, wait, how far off are you then from waking up in a bathtub with yeah. you know, missing an organ? It's like, ah, don't worry, you can put it back in. Right. I and mean, the, it gets really dark. And then just like everything, like even the story of um, uh, Dustin singing over the intercom and, oh, yeah, some Razor Ramon was there and like at his worst. Yeah. You know? Um, that was on. I mean, to me, it's just like. <clears throat> for Razor, you know, it's, I don't think unfair is the right word because obviously he did something, but like it was documented, like his descent. You yeah. know, it's not like he was reformed Scott Hall doing these things. He was fired for it and everybody knew he was basically on death's door. Yeah. So I think, I think a, a, a heartfelt apology from Scott Hall and Ric Flair might have could have diffused it because they're like, hey, I was a different person back then, which and and I'm not making excuses for them. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's true, but it's just like they were they were they were drunks. Yeah. You know, and they had a lot of problems with, you know, well, Ric Flair, I don't know if he had drug problems, but I mean, he had drinking problems that it almost killed him. Yeah. And this was before that. Yeah. So it's just like you easily was like, yeah, I was in a really dark place then. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, and I don't know how to make make up for it, but I think, I think his got worse just because he he denied it. Do you think um, the filmmakers here how how are they feeling? I wonder, you know, because I feel like now that the show has you know it's been hugely successful, season three, blah blah blah, but now as it's taken this turn and getting folks in trouble, I, I just I don't know. You get into this. You, do you want to make the show because you love the business and you want to tell the stories? But now, are you? Yeah, they're are, fans too. Are you hurting the business now? Yeah, and and, and, and that's something they do have to consider that yeah. you are fans of this business and you you're going to expose a lot of stuff. And you know these guys are awesome filmmakers, right? They did Hobo with a Shotgun and they've done all kinds of stuff. Um, so obviously, I mean they they've done their job well, but have they done it too well now at this point? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I'd be really curious on what the uh, the next episodes would even be about, like what they're going to dig into. But they're going to definitely have to do some digging and and not get a lot of the guys that would be willing to talk talk to them about it anymore. Yeah, I do. I, I'd like to see it. I I haven't. I'm not going to say this one online, but I have an idea for them. You know, but I'd like legitimately want to talk to you about it because I think this idea could work really well but i don't want to put it out there yet like but i'll talk to you about it offline that right. i think i this and this is a show that i'd like to include these guys in and jim Cornette, and i think it would and i think it would be great yeah but i can't pitch it on here because this one i feel like if we call them and we pitched it we might be able to make it all right so stay tuned <laughs> <laughs>